Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. We're back for another Strike Zone podcast this week. This is our 10th episode. And today we're going to highlight the four best players in Major League Baseball. Three in the National League, one in the American League, and how these four guys have started to separate themselves this year. Because the National League MVP race is starting to get more and more interesting as we near September. Plus, I'm going to give you a couple of big contenders you should keep an eye on, some big storylines heading into the weekend. It's our weekly baseball talk, and it's the 104.5 The Zone Digital Network. This is the Strike Zone Podcast. Hit well out towards right field. This one climbing at altitude. This one is gone. With news and notes around Major League Baseball. Myers drives one in the air down the line and left. It's got a chance. Gone. Rounding the bases with the hottest topics from all 30 teams. Swung on, drilled to deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a three-run home run for the Santino. And here's your host, Will Bowling. Welcome back in for another edition of the Strike Zone podcast. As always, I'm Will Bowling. Glad to have you with us as we catch up the big races. And this week, that means the MVP race in Major League Baseball. Also going to talk a little bit about the Players Weekend in Major League Baseball. That's going to be next weekend. Have some fun with that. I'll give you my top five names on the back of jerseys that you're going to see during the Major League Baseball Players Weekend. A couple of big series that have just wrapped up. Some more that are just beginning. So we'll hit the top storylines from around the league, grabbing the top headlines right now in Major League Baseball. Some injury news to update you on as well. But as always, we want to thank you for joining us here on the 104.5 The Zone podcast network. We do this every Thursday and Friday, giving you some baseball conversation here on The Zone. And we're going to do a lot more of that as the playoffs get closer. Look, we, we know football's here. We know the Titans are, are playing preseason games. We know the Vols are back soon. But, you know, there's, there's still baseball going on into October. It'll get you to hockey season, maybe, if, if you're a hockey fan, a Predators fan as well. So stay locked in with us. These shows... We'll have some guests joining us in the next couple of weeks working on that. We'll have more and more conversation about the big races and the big series, playoff series. Already time to start talking about those that are coming up in the next couple of weeks and the next few months. You may be finding us on the Zone podcast page on the 104.5 The Zone podcast network. If you are, thanks for joining us there as well. But the Strike Zone podcast, we've got our own feed as well on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Play and Stitcher. So go ahead and search us out there as well. That way you're not just finding us under the Zone podcast title, but you can also find us separately. That way every time we post an episode, you're getting it downloaded straight to your device instantly. 
before you even have to, to press play or, or, or try to seek it out. So with all that being said, with all of our, our business out of the way here on the top, let's get into the opener, our first big topics of the day. Sixteen in a row for the New York Yankees over the Baltimore Orioles. Gosh, that's crazy. It's a lot of games. And good history being made in New York because anytime you're mentioning the names Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth, I'm no historian, but something good is probably happening. Let's say that's a safe assumption. Gary Sanchez belted his 10th home run off Baltimore pitching to power a 6-5 victory and complete a four-game sweep. Of course, it's 16 in a row, so they've done four of that in a row on Wednesday at Yankee Stadium. So Sanchez, with his 10th home run this year against Baltimore, now joins Glaber Torres, who has 13 home runs this year against Baltimore pitching, as the second pair of teammates in franchise history to hit double-digit homers against one team in a season. The other two, of course, like I just mentioned, being Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. Yankees went 17-2 and this season against the Orioles. That's their best showing since they won 17-22 of against the Kansas City Athletics in 1959. They also broke a major league record as well by belting 61 home runs against a single opponent. <laughs> Incredible in 19 games, having hit a home run in all 19 games against the Orioles. And now the Bronx Bombers, they've got the best record in baseball, which I can't believe given the fact that their pitching has been so bad. Well, last night in Atlanta, the Braves outlasted the Mets in a series-clinching win that I'll go ahead and say it ended New York's chance of winning the NL East, if there ever was one to begin with. And it put a big dent in the Mets' chances of even making the playoffs at this point. Well, despite another near collapse by the Braves' bullpen, giving up two runs in the seventh and ninth innings, Atlanta got it done with a five-run eighth, including another Ronald Acuna RBI to keep a six-game cushion between themselves and the Washington Nationals. Dallas Keuchel told reporters in the clubhouse after the game, quote, we're not even clicking on all cylinders, and we're still winning. That's really the key to tonight's game. It's a scary thought if you're a Nationals or Mets or Phillies fan. But the bullpen continues to be an issue for Atlanta. The Braves' bullpen has produced a 6.92 ERA since they acquired Mark Melanson, Shane Green, and Chris Martin on the July 31st trade deadline. Dansby Swanson's three-week absence with a heel injury has become more and more concerning as there's no timetable for his return. And Adam Duvall's bid to be a good replacement for Nick Markakis, well, not anymore. He's got a 364 OPS. Yikes. Over the last 12 games. That's not good. Meanwhile, on the other end of the dugout, other end of the diamond... Mickey Calloway took out Steven Matz after 79 pitches. This is a guy in Matz who had just retired 14 straight batters. Calloway's rationale, well, Matz had just gotten a hit and scored the tying run as well earlier in the inning. 
And he doubled down after the game, saying he'd make that move 100 times out of 100. My question for Callaway, how many of those 100 are now losses because you're going to make that move so often? Didn't make any sense. After Matt's exited, New York's most consistent reliever, Seth Lugo, gave up five runs, making it now three straight losses for the Mets, who were winners of 15 of 16. Just unbelievable. So still, you, you've won 15 out of 19 games. That's quick math. <laughs> but the managerial decisions, and I think this is a trend of the NL East, of Gabe Kapler and Mickey Calloway continue to hurt those two teams, who are talented teams, from getting in the race with the Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals. Speaking of those Nationals, everywhere in the NL East, teams are now going to be a little bit more concerned about playing the Washington Ball Club. Max Scherzer is almost back. This is a report from earlier this week that Scherzer is a couple days away from a potential return this weekend for the Washington Nationals. And that is going to drastically change the National League East race. Think about Scherzer being the wild card guy. We've talked a lot about that on this show. About how National League teams might be a little less encouraged to buy into the wild card race, given the fact that they'd be staring down Scherzer in that one-off, basic, basically a play-in game. Uh, but But it looks like... Scherzer, who said the other day, I'm ready to face Major League hitting, is ready for a full return. He's been on the injured list, and he is going to play a big role in a stretch of seven games in 11 days against the Atlanta Braves come September. Now, that looks a lot like what the Braves did with the Phillies last year. The Phillies were about in the same striking distance, maybe a little bit closer, if I remember correctly. And the Braves ended the race by sweeping the Phillies. I believe it was a sweep. You can send me a tweet at Will underscore Bowling if I'm wrong. But I believe it was a sweep in Atlanta to basically end it. Braves fans everywhere are stopping me saying, ah, just maybe don't let it get to that point. But that series will, will certainly be a big one. Our heart of the order topic today is on MVPs. There's four guys that could win it right now in Major League Baseball. One in the American League. That race is done. And we'll talk about that in a moment, about why Mike Trout is underappreciated. Very underappreciated. But in the National League, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is officially in the race. Kind of like when you have a, a presidential election. You see all the tweets come in, all these cliche, like, you know, political tweets. I feel like Ronald Acuna is is ready to make one of those cliche videos of why I'm running for MVP. (laughs) Some of you are saying, come on, I I come to sports to get away from politics. You're right. My apologies. Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger, they, they still lead the way right now. They're still one and two. All right. Don't hear me when I, I say Acuna is in the race by saying that he's really anywhere close to winning it right now. I, I'm, I'm not making that statement yet. 
both guys in Yelich and Bellinger, Yelly and Belly, as MLB started to market them. They both have 39 homers. Both have averages above 315. Yelich is at 329, and Bellinger is at 317. Yelich trails Bellinger in the RBI category, 90 to 85. But Yelich has 23 steals compared to Bellinger's nine. So they kind of go back and forth there after being tied at homers. Enter Ronald Acuna Jr., who leads the National League with 28 steals and has six home runs in the last week. So he's catching up. He leads baseball with nine home runs in August. And since the beginning of July, Acuna has 15 steals, four more than anybody else in baseball, with the game's leading steel-getter Malik Smith, a former Brave, snagging 11 bags this month. So I'll pose the question. What is it going to take for Ronald Acuna to get in the MVP race seriously? Because right now he's third. It used to be a distant third. Now it's, it's not so distant. And I've got one solution on how the Braves can get another most valuable player winner. It's going to take at least an entry into the 40-40 club for Ronald Acuna. The 40-40 club, an elite society of players with four members. Jose Canseco, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, and Alfonso Soriano. The only four guys who have accumulated at least 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases in one season. Soriano was the last to do that. That was 13 years ago. So for Acuna, home runs are are likely going to be the easy part. He's got 34, and 50 is is not out of the question. His 28 steals have him a a bit off the pace. I actually saw a tweet this past week, I believe from Dave O'Brien of The Athletic down in Atlanta, that if Ronald continues the pace post-All-Star break with home runs and steals, he will end up with 50 home runs and 47 stolen bases. 47. (laughs) So if he starts running a little bit more frequently, that could potentially put him in the conversation. I think that if Acuna gets within five home runs, right where he is right now, if he stays within five home runs while also breaking into the 40-40 club, and playing the plus defense, throwing guys out from left and right field that he's been doing, I think there is a good shot that he will be the league's most valuable player. That's a lot to ask, especially of a 22-year-old. But even a month ago, I don't think we would assume that Acuna had a chance. Now, there's a possibility. David Schoenfield of ESPN.com put it perfectly in an article yesterday where he writes, So yes, the Mets are a nice story, bouncing back from midseason despair to reel off a nice stretch that has put them in the wildcard race. He, he writes, you know what else is be- beats a nice story? Generational greatness coming into its own. And that is exactly 
what Ronald Acuna Jr. is. The Braves, with their 5-3 win on Tuesday, the 6-4 win on Wednesday, has displayed all of Acuna's tools. He had a fourth-inning home run off Zach Wheeler on Tuesday, and then later in that same game, threw out Todd Frazier at home plate with a 99.1-mile-per-hour laser, as Schoenfield writes, from left field. And that, according to ESPN.com, is just the sixth outfield assist this season with a throw that tracked 99 miles per hour. If you're building a baseball player right now from scratch, you know, you're, you're cooking in, in the crock pot, you're sprinkling in some speed, some powers, you're building Ronald Acuna. That is the ideal baseball player. Ronald Acuna who is a less mature, less seasoned version of Mike Trout, who is the ultimate, and I think he'll end up being a top-five player of all time when he's done. Schoenfield writes that Acuna has all-fields power. He has hit 20 of his 34 home runs to center or right field. Only Javier Baez and Christian Yelich have hit more opposite-field home runs than Ronald Acuna Jr. Schoenfield also writes... He's hitting 325 against breaking balls, which is just astounding. The second highest batting average in the majors behind Andrew Benintendi on such pitches. And the fourth highest weighted on-base average behind Mike Trout and two Colorado Rockies. Acuna now has 60 home runs before turning 22. I just turned 22. And I don't, I, I'm doing nothing with my life compared to this guy. Sometimes I have to I have to sit back and tell myself uh, how am I remotely the same uh the same age. <laughs> so there's that. I'm failing in my life. <laughs> but the only other guys in that conversation are Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Robinson, Eddie Matthews, Mel Ott in there as well. It's astounding. So there's three guys that are up for the MVP of the National League. Meanwhile, in the American League, there's one player that is up for the most valuable player. Because here is my boldest statement of the week. I don't know how bold it really is. So I'm going to tell you why it's not bold. A healthy Mike Trout will win the MVP every single year he finishes the season healthy for the next five seasons. Bar none especially as he gets more help out in L.A. Trout leads baseball in wins above replacement, walk rate, home runs, on-base percentage, and honestly, I'm just going to stop there because it would be easier for me to tell you what he's not leading. <laughs> Are we as appreciative of, of Mike Trout as we should be? Because I don't think we are. As appreciative as we are of him, we need to be more appreciative of the greatness we've seen from Mike Trout. Over the past three seasons, Trout's wins above replacement of 24.4 is four points higher than second place Mookie Betts, including 111 homers, which is only second behind J.D. Martinez, 56 steals, and a 448 on base percentage, which leads baseball. 
Mike Trout is the prototype. And as that team out in L.A. starts to add more pieces, a guy like Garrett Cole, who played at UCLA, who will be a free agent this offseason, is very likely rumored to be heading to the Los Angeles Angels. You've got a young group there. You've got Shohei Otani coming back from Tommy John next year where he can pitch and hit. That is a a good young core that I think might be ready to explode, and Trout's only going to explode with it. You look at the differences between Ronald Acuna Jr. last year and this year with an improved Dansby Swanson and Ozzy Albies hitting behind him with a lineup that's, that's getting him more plate appearances. Mike Trout is going to benefit from the exact same thing. So there's four guys. Those are your four best players playing the field in baseball right now. I think Javi Baez is probably fifth. And, and Mookie Betts is in that conversation. I, and, and I say all this because the NBA gets a lot of a lot of love and player rankings, so to speak. Like if we, we talk about we, we rank players in the NBA all the time. But we're starting to get a talent level and a young core in baseball that's allowing us to make similar comparisons and conversations. And I'll tell you what, that's great. It's really, really, really great for the game of baseball. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Into our final topic of the day, it is the seventh inning stretch. MLB Player Weekend coming up. So you say Players Weekend. There's more than one player that's going to be playing. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with Players Weekend, it's going to look a bit different this year. It's where players in Major League Baseball can put whatever name they want on the back of their uniforms. And they wear special jerseys. This year... I believe it's the home team will wear a white jersey and the away team will wear a black jersey. So that's a little different. I don't know. Maybe that's easier to sell, uh, kind of a, a clean, basic white uniform of, of your favorite team. That'll be cool. So I, I'm going to rank you the top five player nicknames to go on the back of the Players Weekend jerseys. We'll start with number five. From the Los Angeles Angels, Angelton Simmons has always been Simba. It's a great name. Very solid nickname. It's simple. It fits his nickname on the field. He's been known as Simba since he was a brave. It's, it's smart. It's good. Don't think too much with this stuff. I like it. Number four, Chad Bettis of the Colorado Rockies is simply going with a lettuce emoji on the back of his jersey. Okay, I like it. <laughs> it's it's also simple. Uh, I guess Bettis rhymes with lettuce. I don't know. I was talking to one of our interns here at Titans Radio, Christian Caposi. He was saying, well, does, does he have, like, good hair or something? I don't know. I've never seen a picture of the guy. But, but his, his last name sounds like lettuce, so I get it. Uh, number three, this is, this, is, this is where it starts to get really good. Tommy Edmond of the St. Louis Cardinals is Agent Scarn. An office reference. That's that's strong. Strong. I, I hope he's actually been referred to as Agent Scarn by somebody. But even if he's not, 
I'll take the office reference. That's a win. That's a win for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to support any good office references that are out there. That's, that's a solid one. I'll, uh, I'll refrain from singing the, um, the scarred dance that's going to now be in my head for the rest of the day from the threat level midnight episode of The Office. And now it's in your head, too, so you're welcome. Number two, <laughs> and a really, a really strong number two from the Cleveland Indians is Shane Bieber. Great pitcher. His nickname is not Justin. <laughs> that's fantastic. Not Justin. For obvious reasons. Number one, a former Nashville Sound. I'm not just putting him number one because he was a Sound, but I am just a big fan of this name. Is Josh Fegley of the Oakland Athletics. Maybe one day they'll be the Nashville Athletics. Who knows? <laughs> His nickname is PTBNL. Player to be named later. <laughs> so I assume Fegley at some point was traded you know, for a big, a big player and was, as you know, in baseball, the player to be named later in a deal. That is phenomenal. Got to be able to laugh at yourself, I guess, but it's good self-awareness. Well done, Josh. You have won Players Weekend here, uh, here in my book. Well, that's going to do it here for episode number 10. We are into double digits, people. And if you haven't found us on our all of our platforms by now. We're to double digits. Try to keep up. Try to keep up with us on, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts. It's episode 10. You're behind the, the curve. Got to catch up to the heat or the, or the curve. Whatever you're doing, get to those platforms. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. If you think the show sucks, maybe hold back on the rating until you've talked to us first. <laughs> but thanks for, for joining us here. We'll continue to talk postseason races next week. Got some good guests lined up in the coming weeks as well. You won't want to miss that. Find me on Twitter at Will underscore Bowling, B-O-L-I-N-G. Don't you dare spell it like the sport. Spell it like the name I just spelled out for you. But until episode 11, enjoy some baseball this weekend, and we'll talk to you later.